welcome, ladies and gentlemen, one and all, to episode 32 of Two Guys, One Dice Cup. This episode is entitled Old World, Old School. And my name is Al, GoldenEye Unicorn, and sure as sure, I will have with me... Uh, that Phil from Ashes, Cairn Sky. Ah, uh, no, you're much better than that. You're not just that guy. You are the Phil from Ashes, Cairn. So, yeah, mate. Old World, Old School. So, we're talking about the Old World Alliance today for the Ricky Coaches. What did you think? Man, what a fucking team. Are <laughs> complicated. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it to Rookie Coach's section for people to uh, get their heads around how much of a mindfuck trying to get a workable team is. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was a tough one this time round. Yep, I, I agree. It was um, tough, but in a different sense, you know, from you know, a few episodes ago when we did the slan, that was I found that quite difficult. Whereas the Old World Alliance, uh, a difficulty for other reasons. Yes, but, but um, we will we will cover that off. Uh, I think as well we'll we'll touch on all our usual sections. We'll have a laugh about money spent or not. Talk about games. Talk about hobby, and uh, get up from there. So, as always, I can never remember what the first section truly is. Phil, is it? Games front. Uh, yes. Yes, it was it's, it's terrible. Our listeners truly, after thirty-two episodes, must be sick of us not even remembering what the first section is. <laughs> but bless it's you, Ruby coaches, for staying with us. It's uh, definitely a fluid thing. Yeah, we we just uh, duck and die. The fact that we can't remember the names of the sections is a, is more problematic than the fact that we don't know what the sections are about because we know what the sections are about. It's, but on the game front, Phil, if you're happy to lead us off from there, mate, what um, have you managed to achieve? I have played the square sum of fuck all games of anything in the past uh, month. Have I? What did we talk about last time? We talked about me winning Granite Bowl. Did I? Did I talk about uh, playing Blood Bowl Two? On what platform? Blood Bowl 2 on uh, online, uh, oh. on PC. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't. I don't think I did, actually. Um, no, the only stuff you talked about was the the Snail Cup on Fumble and your um, your tabletop games at uh, Granite Bowl. So you actually played Blood Bowl 2? Yeah, I, I rolled, uh, rolled up Blood Bowl 2 for a laugh and just uh, thought, oh, I'll give... Uh, see what's happening on it because uh, I, I haven't played it must be like best part of a year uh because i've been concentrating on learning the blood bowl 2020 rules mm-hmm. uh, and i thought oh well it's worth a shot just having a, a, a bit of a nostalgia trip of the old bb 2016 half attempt that uh, blood bowl 2 was um so i i i thought well i've played I played Goblins at uh, Granite Bowl. I might as well play Goblins online. Um, and I played three games and won three games. <laughs> I just fucking love Goblins. Oh. Uh, but, uh, um, I think two of the games were concessions, uh, but that's because I brutalised the opponent's team in the first couple of turns, and they bitched out. <laughs> and the other one was a um, the other one was a full win against. Uh, 
Undead. I played Chaos twice. Or was it Chaos and yeah, it was Chaos twice. Um and Undead. Uh the Undead coach was the only one who saw it through till the end. Yep. The um the first Chaos coach, I killed his Minotaur and one of his Chaos Warriors in the first two turns. Oh dear. Um and uh he quit directly after that. The second one I scored, I'm pretty sure. Uh and then uh during my my run to scoring in in the five turns that we played, um I also killed his Minotaur and uh a beast man as well. So uh I managed to to brutalize two brand new chaos teams, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, the undead team, it was nuts as well. You know, I think it was one of these games that uh, um, I think I got some good uh, good luck. He got some bad luck, and uh, stuff of mine was working again, and managed to sneak my way through. I think I lost the ball a couple of times and scored. I think it ended up being one nil in the end. Swelter and Heat as well. I think played a bit of a. Um, apart for both of us um mm-hmm. more so i think it made his life a bit more difficult but i was running a similar team to what i ran at granite bowl except i obviously didn't have morgue uh i had uh two trolls nine goblins and or ten goblins maybe and uh chainsaw yep and two rerolls no other things no pogo no ball and chain nothing like that um and basically it was a if I knock something down with a troll and don't kill it, it gets fouled yes. by the chainsaw. Um, if I knock them down and stun them, I might think about uh, blitzing with the chainsaw. Uh, basically, the chainsaw was quite good. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. It was a fun uh, wee excursion. I might go back to playing it a little bit. Um online again um I, I think we've got a date of february 23 for um blood bowl 3 coming out mm-hmm. um so there's still a wee bit of life of the old dog yet so let well, me give that a go you've touched on one of the biggest problems though with that platform is the rage quit yes people and not it's always the game the through. Case, yeah it's always going to be the case with uh with games like that, where you've got loads of people who are meta chasing teams, and uh, if if something dies early on in a CCL uh, league uh, where they're trying to get their team into Chalice, a lot of these guys will just like be like, "Fuck it, uh, start a new team," and they'll concede. Uh, CCL does have a five concede limit in a season, mm-hmm. I think now, but I mean, like, I I hate conceding games. I think I've maybe conceded five t- uh, games in the entirety of the time I'd play, I've played Blood Bowl 2. Um, and almost all of those were down to um, having to just say to the person, my child is uh, having some sort of meltdown. Uh, I need to go and do something about it. Yep. Apologies. I'm just going to have to concede. Not because I was losing. Um, so... Yeah, you're right. The mindset of some of these people is just like, uh, I'm doing shit, quit. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's a lot of these competitive games online. It's just the way people play. 
But that's it. That's all for me on the games front. How about yeah, that's, yourself? That's quite light for you. Um, for me, I have, of course, been uh, hammering away at bolt action. So there was a, a tournament in Dunfermline in Scotland uh, called Winter War, which has been absent from the calendar for a few years due to COVID and stuff. So it was nice to go back there. Um, I don't think we've been there since 2019. Uh, actually, no, they got a little event in, in February 2020 before COVID actually fully bit us, but just before going, I managed to get one practice game in. Uh, the format is, it was a very competitive player pack. It was the first time this year in Scotland that there were very, very, very few restrictions on army lists, so you know, it was a uh, look. You, you've already used the term in this podcast, meta. A lot of the meta lists uh, being deployed by people, which is fine. You know, it was we haven't used them all year in Scotland, so it was good to to have them to give them a run out. So I got a practice game before against a guy called Ewan just to sort of blow the cobwebs off my army, and he's still a a relatively new player to the Scottish Bolt Action uh, community, so it was good for him to, <coughs> excuse me, get a bit of a practice game, and which I won, but it was it was funny to watch. He had this, a British army. I was playing the Soviet Union. They are both top-tiered armies. They are they're the only two nations in the top tier for Bolt Action, in my opinion, uh, and others. And so it was good to watch these two meta armies just lash the shit out of each other. It was really, really good. Um, but, you know, I stayed the course and won the game. Um, but I think Ewan picked up quite a lot from it in terms of how I played and the different sort of uh, discussion and coaching elements I went through with them. Because it's, it's good for players to, you know, not just to play games, but to actually hear what, more experienced and competitive players are thinking about if, if if that's what they want to do if that's you know if that's how they want to get better. Um, but then it was, you know, the following week on the day itself, uh, three games, and you know there was a lot to be decided at this event, uh, including the Scottish Championship, which I you know I'll tidy up in a couple of minutes through discussion. Um, but first game against uh, an Aberdonian um, called Tom. He had a German army. Again, he was... Uh, I never I never see Tom as being a competitive player, but he's an extremely good player. Uh, he had a, a... I guess I would call it a partially meta German list. Um, and it was an enjoyable game, but it was a game that I won pretty convincingly in the end. <laughs> Uh, but myself and Tom still enjoyed herself. There's a few little hiccups early on, but that was just sort of, you know, we were, it was game one. Uh, you know, he'd had a long journey. I was feeling, oh, this isn't probably the right place to drop in, but I felt quite emotional on the day. Um, previously in the podcast, or other podcasts, that we've, we've spoken about our friend David Miller, who'd passed away. And... Yeah. Winter War in Dunfermline, it's it's just a sort of five minute, ten minute drive away from where he used to live in North Queens Ferry. On tournament weekends at this event, I would usually go to his house, maybe stay overnight, 
you know, have drinks and dinner and, you know, have a laugh. And it's also during the rugby season. Uh, you know, the rugby internationals happen in Scotland on the same weekend. So usually the next the next day after the tournament, we would watch the rugby together or, you know, with, you know, other other uh, friends. So it was, it was an odd one. I had quite a lot of emotions on the day. Um, but proceeded into game two. And I bumped into a really good opponent called Johnny Ferguson, or Bolt Action Johnny, as he's he's dubbed himself, and we've all sort of continued it. And <laughs> Bolt Action Johnny, <laughs> yeah, he's a good he's a good boy. Uh, up from up up near Brecon, he hails from. And it was it was a tough match, and uh, you know to his credit, he. He fought back well. He had made a few early mistakes, which I had I had no choice but to punish him for. Um, and we also obviously we spoke about this when we debriefed. He was playing an American army, <coughs> not top tier, but he he definitely had, you know, crunched the numbers on it. Um, you know, because it wasn't it wasn't a total devastating win that I got off him, but it was still a good victory. We had a. A few guys observing the game as well, who we were keen to see two of the sort of high-end players in Scotland going against each other. Um, so we provided a little bit of commentary, backwards and forwards. And uh, I think I have to give credit to Johnny. He tried a lot of um, psychological mind games on me, which uh, people watching on laughed at because they just they were just commenting. It's like Johnny, he's not falling for any of it, mate. I would just stood there. You know, you know, we're part way in round two. I'm just stone cold. You know, you know, the fortress walls are up. You're not, you're not going to break me down with mind games, mate. So, um, it was good fun in that aspect. I, I have to say. Um, then, so then with with two wins under my belt, I ended up on the top table against uh, another really good Scottish player called Phil Mason. Um. From Inverness area, and uh, both I think we'd both had a difficult path to the top table, which you should expect. And he had a Soviet army as well, which was again quite meta in its uh, aspect. Um, we both we both had the M3 Stuart tank, which has got lots of machine guns. I had two of them; he had one, but you know it's is what it is. Uh, little brain carriers full of Soviet engineers with flamethrowers and Panzerfaust and submachine guns. He had three of those units, I had two of those units, and it was just like, wow, we're absolutely power gaming the shit out of it in this one. But the great thing that Phil has done, Phil's game's been improving all year round, uh, all year long, sorry. And uh, he deployed some really good tactics against me, which I <sighs> was I conscious of them. He refused a flank and put some units down there to bait me to go and get them, so I went to get them. Um, oh, was I conscious of it? Actually, no. <clears throat> I was just chasing kills at that point because it was a kill points mission. You know, whoever killed the most win the game. So, you know, if you're dangling kills at me, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and chase them. But what that meant was that he drew off some of my units down one flank and then 
there was nothing else really for them to do for a couple of turns after that. Uh, and that's when he sort of, you know, engaged the other portion of my army with what he had left. So um, it sort of hung on in there for until about turn three or maybe turn four. And then it all just started to fritter away and there's no way I could really come back from it. So it was a good... Um, was a good use of tactics by Phil. I was I was really happy to see him, you know, as a player do that to me. I wasn't I wasn't disappointed in myself. I think you know, a, a few critical dice rolls, as with any game, you know, a few critical dice rolls, uh, then closed a few doors to both of us. Um, but Phil's Phil's tactics did did see him through the day. Um, which meant that he won the event. Um, I think that was his first tournament win this year, and uh, you know it was it was a really good good way to end the end the season. I finished fifth, uh, which is again still not a, not a bad result. You know there was twenty players there, so um, I was happy to to do that. But the way it then played out was that I had. I've won three tournaments this year already, as you know, the, the listeners will already, if you, if you don't skip past this section, you'll already know I've had a really successful bolt action year. So I had accrued a whole stack of um, championship points, and uh, the only way I could have lost the championship at the tournament was if another, another player uh, had finished first. And then it would have come down to tiebreakers, which were all even or didn't exist through one reason or another. Um, so if he'd have won, it would have come down to a, a dice roll to see who would have won the championship. And thankfully that player finished second overall. So uh, the Scottish championship was mine for the second time in its existence. So I was, uh, I will say relieved, but... I was very happy, and a, a funny story actually occurred a little bit afterwards. Somebody asked me, somebody asked me if I threw the game against Phil. And I just looked at them and laughed and went, no way, I always play to win because I like winning. Um, and he laughed and I, th I figured it's like, oh, look, it wasn't. You know, the guy didn't ask us in a serious, a serious way. Thankfully, um, he might have thought seriously about it, but and you know the funny thing was, it wasn't until I got home, you know, with the trophy and everything else, and and I told my wife, she looked at me and laughed, and she's like, "Well, that's a really thick question to ask, isn't it?" I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, whoever won that game would have won the event, so uh, you know." What what's the benefit of you throwing the game? If you won, you would have won the event, and you would have won the championship. Your yeah. opponent won, they won the event, and you won the championship. So it was like, oh yeah, That's a, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it was just mm -hmm. that a beautiful way that a woman can see clearly, thing through the fog of of um, tabletop miniature wargaming. It's like Amazing. you know. So the only way, oh. the only way. At the end there, that I that I could have lost the championship as if we'd have gotten a draw, but 
you know, we were just hammering the crap out of each other, and uh, a draw was never, it was never going to happen. <coughs> That's gaming. Yeah, no. Congrats, congrats on your championship win. Yep. Uh, it, it definitely went to the better person. Yep. No, I'm, I'm really happy to have, to have achieved it, and, um, you know, to have, we'll, you know, we'll talk about this in the next episode because we're. You know, the next episode's got a different, slightly different format, which we'll we'll tell the listeners that at the end of the end of this episode. But you know, it was it was nice to get it done. And um, you know, the other positive thing that happened was I've mentioned before that I stood down as the Scottish captain because I didn't I didn't feel like I was in a position to go to the World Team Championship. Yeah. So once once the championship was decided uh, myself and the, the Scottish rep guy named um, Brian Forrester, we had a big discussion with all the players that were there to see if there was anybody that was interested in stepping forward as captain to captain a Scottish team to Spain. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, nobody stepped up. Nobody was interested in going to the World Team Championship in Spain. So I... Um, I was reinstated as captain so that Scotland can go to... There's a, another team event, international team event in England in October in 2023. Yeah. So I get to captain the first Scottish team there and we've got enough interest and a place that we're going to take a second Scottish team down to the... Um, it's called World Open War. So we're, there's, there's a lot of good energy about that. Um, and we've we've got all the players locked in and in place for it, so uh, really looking forward to two thousand twenty three. Good, good stuff. So that's gaming for us guys. Yeah, surely well, that is good. With only your online play, you have achieved something in the hobby on the painting table. What is? It's good for you, mate. So, what have you done? Uh, trying to think what I did since the last uh, uh, the last time. So I um, I managed to get something done for Orktober, um, and uh, linked to my purchasing, I bought uh, a Marauder miniatures Black Orc from back in the day, and uh, I speed painted it. Sped painted it. Speed painted it. Uh, in the course of about maybe six hours uh, on the 28th of October. So I managed to get in, in right at the end with some change. And I only got it on the, the day before I painted it as well. So uh, it came out okay. Quite happy with it for a speed paint. That's um, what I painted, painting, painting, painting. I painted a couple of squigs. Um, as well. Yeah, I've been seeing those online. They are looking really, really nice and good um, mix of colours as well. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, one of the things I always kind of want to do is uh, push myself a little bit. And most of the armies I paint are, or for myself, are, are Nurgle related stuff. So it doesn't really kind of lend itself too much to, to bright colours. Um, so if I can, I'm, I try and kind of do something a bit more different for other things. And um, I'm, 
I just thought, well, I, I've got like a under Warhammer Underworlds war bands kicking about, and squigs are nice and easy and pretty straightforward. So I think I've I finished one of them to a point where it just needs the base finished, and the other one uh, still needs to have its teeth finished and eyes and horns and toenails and stuff like that, and the base. But yeah, I I've been kind of using them as little palate cleansers because I'm in the middle of a um a commission on an amazon team uh, at the moment as well and um i between sort of bouts of painting that i've uh, kind of dropped in something else uh, just to keep me kind of going because i think i've got like 26 models to paint for that amazon team mm-hmm. uh so so it's quite a lot um and i've been, i've been painting them obviously the last month as well i'm pretty much at a point where about 14 of them are ready to be based. Um, not far off it, at least a couple of tiny bits and bobs to do. Um, so they're making good headway on them as well. Good. Um, but that, that's about it on the painting side, I think. I'm trying to think if I've done anything else. No. Did I, had I done that Slanesh shield last time we spoke? I think you had, yeah. Yeah, I haven't done any more shields since then. Um, I've got two blanks painted, ready, uh, sort of primed, ready to be painted. Uh, I've got some ideas for them, but that'll be on the table for the next episode, I would have thought. How about yourself? What have you been painting, you big jobby? I feel like I've been pretty productive. Though the High Elf Commission continues. Um quite happy with how they're progressing they should be should be done for the next episode i would think because uh i'd like the payday for them so it's, it's always good motivation to get a little injection of cash just before christmas yes so that we can them um, or so that i can frivolous, frivolously spend it on you know stuff that i can put on the shelf for a couple of years <clears throat> i um had to get a few things prepped for my soviet army uh, for the tournament, just the format, I, I took a dual platoon um, and I could double up on a few things, which is very much the meta. So I needed to paint a second M3 Stuart tank, which uh, I guess, you know, it's just a process. You know, there's lots of oils and weathering powders and potions and magic involved in it. Um, yeah. But got that done. I needed to do a couple of infantry models, uh, a new sniper. You, I, you know, the the historical guys out there, the Soviets tried to develop the suicide dog mines. You know when they trained dogs to run underneath tanks and they strapped explosives on them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I needed a few more of those for, for reasons. <laughs> as you do. As you do. <laughs> um, but while I started doing this, you know, those were the 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 key models I needed for the army. Um, just grabbed another bunch of Soviet stuff just to do alongside it. So alongside, you know, the sort of uh, six infantry models and the other tank that I needed, um, I've painted another uh, fifteen uh, miniatures for the army to go with it. And you know, anybody that that bothers to remember the previous podcasts. Uh, the Soviet army at the start of the year went to the World Team Championship and won. Is painted there. I 
to get that's a lot of work. I have to build the bases separately and then pin the models into the base. So I had to go through all that process again. And it was, I think it was like, oh, I'd, I'd got a night set aside to build bases. And then when I sat down to build bases, I remembered it's like, actually, I can't because the bases I use, I had ordered in especially, especially for that army. I was just like, ah, oh, you gotta be joking. Oh, so no, I had to order another batch of them. Um, so that delayed the process a little bit, but you know, I think I've got like 20 new infantry models done for the army and another tank, which is um, which has been really cool. I've I've enjoyed going back to them because uh, they haven't give, been haven't had a run out since was it March or April this year, um, and it's good and. And when I took them to Winter War in Dunfermline, they also won Best Painted there, so... <coughs> Excuse me. It was good to get another another little trophy for them. Um, but yeah, productivity and hobby's been quite high. And, oh yeah, I had the airbrush out a little bit. Lay down a whole bunch of um, uh, base coats for some more, some more Soviet vehicles. Uh... I'm going to add to my Soviet army for next year, so yeah, it's actually been quite busy. Um, nice. Thankfully, I never had any more scenery to build. Thank God. Still having Aye. flashbacks from the, the very good quality microwar MDF terrain, but I won't. I won't build it again in a hurry. But it is really good stuff. But yeah, that was crazy. I it's just a case of uh, powering through with the terrain. But then again, once you're once you've done some. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to do much more after that unless you specifically want to. So, no, I mean I'm happy to have. I think I've got like three tables worth of, of terrain for bolt action. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe two with one more table to build. It's in a big bag of MDF that I don't want to look at. You know, you know that smell <laughs> from yes. laser cut MDF. You know, it's whenever, so good. Yeah, whenever I go near the bag or I ruffle around in that box and you get this waft of it, I'm sure right. it's a, it's like a, a jungle airfield set that I've got. So it's got like a big hangar and control tower and little jungle huts for the, <coughs> excuse me, for the crews to to camp out in. Yeah, yeah. I need. I, sh- I should build it one day, but not not anytime soon. Um. No, I'm quite happy with how the hobbies hobbies progressed this past month and it's been nice to you know, with the the new extra time I've got now that my kid goes to nursery, you know, sometime uh, you know, a few days a week um, just been able to you know, sit and relax for a couple of hours in the morning to, to get some stuff done, so it's good. Nice. It's very good and I have, I think I let some money escape Oh my god. Mm. You let some money escape. I have. Out of your filthy wallet and into some other chump's hands. I have. Um, but it's up to you to guess. What £42. It wasn't that much money. It was less. Okay. Um, 19 A smidge more. 23. I'll give you 23, which is close enough. 
25. What did you buy Young Alice? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for me, I had to let some money out because went to the end of the year, I had uh, loyalty gift voucher points with Warlord games that I had to spend. Oh, it, was, it was like use them or lose them situation. And uh, obviously I wanted to use them. But in order to get, I think in order to get the free postage, I had to spend, you know, whatever, some money. Uh, so I just got a couple of blister packs of models, just, you know, the random fun stuff that you normally wouldn't bother. And one of them was a, a little special um, RAF pilot that has parachuted his aircraft and he's sort of got his hand in the air firing a flare gun trying to get rescued. So I thought he'd be pretty cool to have. Uh, and I got a couple of blister packs of Japanese models for a Japanese army that I'm thinking about doing. If there are any boat action players in Scotland listening, I think some of them probably just shit a chicken. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm thinking about Japanese for next year. Uh, there was another purchase. I came by, and you, you'll remember when I was moaning to you, I uh, I got a Mantic um, gift voucher given to me. Yes, I <laughs> sure did. And I was having a cry that I'd managed to sort of find a, a little terrain set. It was um, like a German roadblock guard post thing. <coughs> and uh, I decided, it's like, yep, I want that. You know, it was exactly the same amount of money as the voucher. Oh, sorry. I found something that was slightly less than the voucher, but the voucher didn't cover the postage. And I got really annoyed yes. that it didn't cover postage. So I just upgraded the spend to um, get this little checkpoint and then just had to spring for postage. It sounds so tight-fisted, but just annoyed me for a moment there while I was trying to check out. Um, but there's a few nice pieces of terrain on Mantic Games' uh, website for, for their different you know different systems that they produce. And... Yeah, they've got some good generic... Uh sort of fantasy stuff but they've got a lot of uh sort of more modern kind of mm -hmm. scatter terrain and things like that and stuff that could be used uh, they do some good um like campsite style terrain and stuff like that um i think it was originally kind of with the aim of the the kind of walking dead game that they were producing in mind um uh, but they've obviously stopped doing that now but the terrain still persists which is pretty cool uh, and then the last thing, there's there's that little store down in England. Is it Mir Mirfield Hobbies or something? They do, they do lots of secondhand stuff. Like their their bricks and mortar store has queues in the morning when they open on weekends and stuff because they, they they almost you know they they sell lots of secondhand armies and sec buy secondhand collections then sell them on. So there's many a bargain to be had. And uh, I think it's on Mondays or Tuesdays the guy posts pictures of stuff on his Facebook page for people to sort of, you know, if they comment and say, you know, I want to buy this, then you can, you know, you can buy it from him that way. Um, so I always keep an eye on it. Um, I mean, it's mostly 40k Age of Sigmar stuff. You know, that's, that's, that's his bread and butter. Every now and then, you know, there's some bolt action or warlord game stuff that that comes on 
and he had a excuse me <coughs> and he had a a decent selection of sort of little bundles of metal metal models and plastic models and vehicles. And I spotted these um Soviet engineers, which I've got lots of. I want more. Uh, but in mixed in amongst them there was a limited release uh, Soviet Stalingrad sniper team. But they were in the but they were all just labelled as one pound each. So I just went, Yep, I will take all of those. Uh, so plus postage it was something like thirteen pounds. So it was a a nice little bargain to pick up and you know again that guy probably doesn't care he's just got pieces of metal that for a game system that's you know super fringe to him but um i was quite chuffed to pick them up i'm looking forward to adding them into my um you know growing soviet army so yeah that's that's how the money left left my wallet this year this this week this month whatever recently all right time yes Right. What about you, though? Well, um... I think it's been a quiet month for you, has it not? Well... Mm, I've not really... I don't know. I've not really seen define, much. Define a quiet month <laughs> with, well, with a monetary value. <laughs> well, let's find out, listeners. Yeah, I've not really seen you talk much about what you've bought. Have I seen many pictures of new things that have landed on your doorstep? So I'm going to go with £93. Less than that. <clears throat> I'm glad. So, 74 Slightly more than that. Mm. 81 Oh, it's just a smidge less. Uh, it's £80, exactly, on the nose. I have not bought masses, but I've been filling gaps on things uh the biggest purchase for me this month was a chaos dwarf whirlwind uh, so that was one of the war machines that were released in third edition um i managed to pick one of them up for a reasonable amount um i also have purchased i got three uh marauder miniatures beastmen to add to my unit um, so I think I'm up to 15 in my unit of them now. I just need another five to take out the 20. And I also purchased two Marauder Miniatures Black Orcs, um, one of which I painted. The other one needs stripped. Um, but that's it. That's all I've purchased this month. All mm. old stuff. All considerably more than it, uh, than it was when it originally came out. <laughs> so... Uh, as is the way. I know. Um, How good would it be to just yeah. travel back in time and, you know, pick up this stuff for buttons and then put it in a little time capsule for yourself in the future? Yes. Like, how much money would I have saved had I just rolled down to, uh, uh, rolled back the years by 30, uh, got up to 12-year-old me, pushed two or 300 quid into my hand <laughs> and said, Here's a shopping list. Go and buy me it. Yep. Uh, I would have uh, saved myself about probably about two grand. Fucking nonsense. Stupid fucking metal. I know. <laughs> Stupid fucking lead. 
definitely have sent myself to yeah. Games Workshop to buy, you know, a dozen Mark One Land Raiders. Aye, well, it's stuff like, with hindsight. It's knowing knowing the things to buy, or uh, just like just the the random shit that they did, that they produced that they hardly did any of, um, and you know for a fact it goes for stupid money, like that Alpine <coughs> dwarf uh, that I bought a few months back, yep. um, because it was only mail order and for a limited time. There's 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 Definitely a decent amount out there, don't get me wrong, but uh, most of them are in collections and stuff, um, and I'm sure there's plenty of recasts out there as well. Uh, but originals, you, you can be lucky if you get uh, one of them for about 40 quid these days, and you were about a pound or two pounds for it back in the day. It's ridiculous. Even the Marauder. Giant, you were like twenty quid or something like that. I think it was that was how much it was back when it was available retail. Um, anywhere between ninety and one hundred and fifty quid these days. That's just it. Uh, on average, you can never tell, and you know, get on with it. I look at some of the limited edition ball action stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't consider it as special. Anymore, I just paint them and use them. They're just they're all just toy soldiers to me now. Uh, yeah, the old stuff that I'm buying, uh, I'm not buying in general to keep in in boxes. I'm the intent is to paint that and do so and play with it. Um, so even if it is rare, uh, there will be the odd thing from here uh, from time to time that I'll just uh, paint up and uh, it won't be for playing. It'll be more for sentimental value but um yeah i think uh yeah it's it's different it's different nowadays i mean there is there's always these commemorative models that games workshop put out and stuff like that and part of me thinks well maybe i shouldn't build that and paint it i mean it's not not like i have because i've still got a mountain of plastic crack everywhere but um like when it comes to deciding whether i'm going to paint that or keep it and sell it for four or five times how, how much I, I paid for it 10 years plus from now uh, or uh, leave, leave it for my children to uh, work out one what the fuck it is and two uh, how much it's worth when I die um, yeah it's, it's, it's a weird it's a weird situation I don't know if the plastic stuff carries as much value as it as the metal stuff does but who knows, 20, 30 years from now. Well, when we're podcasting an episode, you know, whatever hundred will be on, yeah. we can talk about the plastic toy soldier that you, you pulled out. Um, uh. Or whatever. Mate, have we cunningly arrived at the rookie coaches section? We absolutely have. We are at the section of coaching rookies into playing um, Old World Alliance. Old World, old school time. So, rookie coaches, yes. as you are no doubt aware, or if you're a new rookie coach, you will not be aware, uh, this section, myself and Phil, uh, have picked a team to talk about, and we present to you a league roster. TV 1000, or 1 million. And then we also present to you a 
tournament roster in line with whatever the most recent uh, NAF Championships player pack is going to be. So for this one, it'll be the NAF Championships 2023, which enables you to have a TV 1150 uh, and then a skill pack based upon uh, the different tiers of the teams. But the one thing that myself and Phil enjoy, and which I think the listeners should enjoy as well, is that when we present our teams to you, uh, we're also presenting them for the first time to each other. Yes. So we are our... You always get our real real live reaction to what each other is uh, is thinking. Um, and then at the end of all of that, we usually give you a bit of a rating as to, you know, would this race potentially win a tournament and then there's a bit of chat about star players um, you know pros and cons are there any highlights that are good for them so that sums up what we're going to be talking about in the rookie coaches section for those that are new uh, for those that are old hands at the rookie coaches section um, you can just skip that bit and get to the good stuff yeah <clears throat> good stuff so I've I've, I've sort of walked Straight into this one. Uh, oh. It's my turn to do the reading, isn't it? it is of the team. <gasps> oh, thank God! Yeah. It is. I thought it was me, but you're right. It is because I did those stupid slant monsters. You did the stupid slant. Uh, no, the Amazon last time, didn't you? Because I did. I the Eagle Warriors yeah. and all those crazy checks. Oh, it's still I really I did good. Slant. You did the <laughs> Amazon. It's my. It's definitely my turn. I'm oh, sure. mate. I I I thought it was me. I am so glad. Good luck. Because it is an absolute Aye. dog's dinner down there. What a bag of dog sticks. Right. Um, okay, so Old World Alliance. Um, 0 to 12 Old World Human Linemen. 50k, move 6, strength 3, agility 3 plus, passing 4 plus, armor value 9 plus, no skills. Primary access is general, secondary, agility and strength. So, next up, 0 to 1 Old World Human Throwers, 80k, 6 move, 3 strength, 3 plus agility, 3 plus passing, 9 plus armor value. They have animosity, all dwarf and halfling teammates, pass and sure hands skills, and then primary access is general and passing, secondary is agility and strength. Then you have 0 to 1 Old World Human Catchers, and they are 65k. Uh, move 8, Strength 2, Agility 3+, plus, Passing 5+, plus, Armor Value 8+. Plus. They have Animosity, All Dwarf and Halfling teammates, and then Catch and Dodge as skills with Agility and General as primary access, and Strength as secondary. Then you have 0 to 1 Old World Human Blitzers, 90k, move 7, strength 3, agility 3+, plus, passing 4+, plus, armor value 9+, plus. they have animosity, all dwarf and halfling teammates, and block as skills, and general and strength as primary access, agility as secondary access. And then you have 0-2 to two Old World Dwarf Blockers. 75k, move 4, strength 3, agility 4+, plus, passing 5+, plus, armor value 10+. Plus. 
They have Armbar, Brawler, Loner 3 Plus, and Thick Skull as skills. And then primary access of general and strength, secondary access of agility. Then you have 0 to 1 Old World Dwarf Runners, 85,000, 6 for move, 3 for strength, 3 plus for agility, 4 plus for passing, 9 plus for armor value. They have Loner 3 plus, Sure Hands and Thick Skull as skills, and then General and Passing as primary, Agility and Strength as secondary. And then you've got 0 to 1 Old World Dwarf Blitzers for 80k, with move 5, Strength 3, arm, um, sorry, Agility 3 plus, Passing 4 plus, Armor Value 10 plus. They've got Block, Loner 3 plus, and Thick Skull as skills and then general and strength as primary and agility as secondary Bill, you then have Bill, do you want me to tag in here yes give you no a I'm, I'm good are you gonna do I'm it good. okay <laughs> i'm gonna do the whole thing keep on trucking zero to one zero to one old world dwarf troll slayers so 95k move five strength three uh, agility four plus no passing uh skill sorry passing ability um armor value nine plus block dauntless frenzy loner three plus and thick skull as skills general and se- uh, strength as primary and agility as secondary you have zero to two old world halfling hope hopefuls jesus christ 30k move five strength two three plus for agility nine uh nine plus fucking hell four plus for uh passing Armor value, 7 plus. Animosity to all dwarf and human teammates. Dodge, right stuff, and stunty for skills. Um, Agility is primary, and general and strength is secondary. Now you have a choice. As an Old World Alliance team, you may include a single big guy chosen from among the following. 0 to 1 ogres. 140k. Move 5, strength 5. Agility 4 plus, passing 5 plus, armor value 10 plus, with bonehead, loner 4 plus, mighty blow plus 1, thick skull, and throw teammate. As skills, strength access is primary, and agility in general is secondary. The other option is 0 to 1, um, all, bloody hell, altern forest treeman, uh, 120k. 2 for move, 6 for strength, 5 plus for agility, 5 plus for passing, 11 plus for armor value, loner 4 plus, mighty blow plus 1, stand firm, strong arm, take root, thick skull, throw teammate, timber, and uh, strength access for primary, secondary is agility, general, and passing. Your rerolls are 70,000 gold pieces each. They have the special rules of Old World Classic uh, Games Workshop. Uh, class them as Tier 1 in the rulebook. I, that might have been changed in the FAQ. If not, it should have been. And they have access to an apothecary. And motherfuck, could they just not just call something like a, a human catcher? Why do they need to put Old World in front of everything? Maybe I should have just stopped saying Old you World. Really just... should have just skipped old world and just said it but <laughs> phil god bless your soul mate it's all content for the podcast so <laughs> you what a, what what a jobbies 
absolute jobbies. Right, yeah. Lots to choose from. Busy, mate. It's a really busy team. There's a lot of rules crossing over each other and interacting. Um, and this, when this this rule set came out, is in the old world of the Lions team appeared. They were one of the first that I was drawn to initially. Um, yes, just because of that that random mixture miniatures and and i looked at it from a hobby perspective because you know obviously the the ability to have you know halflings dwarfs humans uh, and big guys they're all really good things to model but to actually make it work i am not convinced that what i have picked is right and see what the yeah. see what we each have and see what the rookie coaches have it's a weird um, um, roster in, in general. I mean, it's it's a change from the um, the one from twenty sixteen uh, because they had oh, what was it before? Um, just flicking back through, so they they did have animosity and and loner, but yeah, I, th- I think the, the dwarf blockers were less shit. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird team. Um, yeah, so tell tell me what you tell me what you went with because I I spoke too much there. Okay, so league roster. Yes, <clears throat> I went with. Uh, see, even reading it hurts my eyes. I went with one dwarf blocker. One. The one dwarf blitzer went for the treeman. I went for two halfling hopefuls. I went for the human thrower, human blitzer, and the troll slayer. I then took four human linemen, two rerolls, and I left 60 grand in the bank for the future purchase of them. No, I shouldn't have bothered leaving that in the bank. I should have just bought the apothecary. Yeah, I think in your team I probably would. So how many players have you got? Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve. Okay. Yeah, I would have bought the apothecary, so that would have taken me to 990. Okay. Slightly different from me. Okay. Um, I went one tree man, one blitz, a uh, human blitzer, one human catcher, one human thrower, two dwarf blockers, six human linemen, one halfling hopeful, two rerolls, and that came in at uh, 975k with 25k at the bank. Right. So if we're looking at it objectively, we both skipped past the troll, sorry, the ogre, and went for the trees. Ogre, yeah. And I took two hope, halfling hopefuls, but you went for one. So we're both obviously yep. thinking about the one-turn touchdown here, right? Yep. And we've dodged the ogre because we don't want the bonehead negatrate, and I mean, is a better thrower anyway. Yes. For, for the poor little halflings. 
and it's stronger and it's got better armor. I mean, it can't move as fast, obviously, but yep. I'm happy with it just standing in the middle of the pitch and causing a problem. Yep. So we're both we're both of a mind for that. Yeah. Human wise, we crossed over on the thrower and the blitzer. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, we know why that is. Human throwers got passing sure hands, so he's a good early ball carrier. Human blitzer comes with block. Uh, oh, and he's, he's he's a human blitzer, so he's always going to be a good piece. He's got general and strength access, so for development, you know, for me, development of this piece in a league, as as you always say, and it's still true now, it depends on what 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 makes up the majority of it. You know, is it, are they bash teams? Are they elf teams? You know, what skills are you going to need for them? But I would either be looking at mighty blow for uh, model removal. Or tackle again to sort of combat if there's any elves or goblins or, um, you know, heaven forbid, Amazons, <coughs> excuse me, running about. So I'd imagine you're thinking exactly the same. Yeah, for human blitzers, mighty blow, tackle, guard were the three yep. obvious ones, depending on uh, league makeup. Other pieces haven't I spoken about yet? So, uh, so as far as do you want to go through the differences between our teams first before we move on to skills, because uh, there are some, obviously. So you you didn't take a human catcher, did you? No, no, I didn't. Why didn't I do that? Probably didn't do that because double downed on the halfling hopefuls. I didn't want to have. Yeah. Any more strength two pieces running about? Um, I I think because this league roster I see, see either having a, a cage or a screen, a thrower and grinding forward, or I'm throw teammate. Yeah. So I think. So I mean, I, I think when you go, sorry, when you go. I think the human catcher, um. It's the move potential for me, you know, like the eight squares. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the, although not in my team here, we'll perhaps talk about it in the uh, in the other section. There is also the the ability to one turn easier with a human catcher in the team if you are unable to do a throw teammate for any reason. Um, be that that your halflings are dead, or um, or dead. The yeah, or your tree man is uh, firewood swamp swamped with other players at the time, and you have zero rerolls, and you want to uh, do whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I I think I'm yeah I included it more for the move. Uh, potential. The fact it's got cast, catch and dodge as well is quite useful. It's obviously got the synergy with the human thrower as well, and, and the animosity doesn't affect handing off or passing to that catcher, whereas it does uh, with your 
halflings and stuff. I mean, I know you said you wanted to caddy on the human thrower, and I guess to some extent I would do that as well. But if you've got the uh, the catcher as an outlet uh, with, a, with a bigger move range and you're struggling to grind down the, the field, which could be a problem with this team, in all honesty. Um, with my team, you I mean? Think I'm the, no, just in, with what? Old World Alliance in general. Um, I think the uh, having the extra two squares is useful. Um, did, did you take... So we both took a thrower, we both took a blitzer. Uh, you took one blocker. I did, yeah. I took, I took two. That meant you didn't um, take the dwarf blitzer. Yeah, I, I've put the dwarf blitzer as my next purchase after an apple, basically. Um, I liked the the fact that um, with those two, you've got um, the basically kind of good uh, tie up pieces. I think more than anything else, I do like the dwarf blitzer for later, uh, but and I I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out considering swap, swapping one of those guys out for the Blitzer um, for the extra move um, and block rather than brawler. That was um, why that was why I went for the Blitzer. And I just think he's a much better piece than the than the the blocker. Do an extra move. The block. I mean, yeah, the blocker is a shit player in comparison to the, the, the dwarf team equivalent. Yeah. Um, uh, but. Um, I still think they've got their their uses, um, but yeah, look, looking at it in in context, there, yeah, I would consider dropping one of the blockers and uh, going with the blitzer instead because I've got the money to cover that in the bank as well. Well, I mean, uh, it's only a neither it's only a, went, it's only a five grand difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Neither of us went with the dwarf runner. No, he's pointless. He's pointless. And in my mind, he's uh, in competition with the thrower, and thrower, simply for yes. who brings sure hands to the pitch. Well, and the well, the yeah, and if you look at the other facets of them, uh, the um, dwarf runner is is less good at throwing the ball than the human thrower. So, um. You kind of, if you go down the dwarf route, you're you're really selling yourself into the running game, as opposed to having the opportunity to pass, if need be. Yep. Um. So yeah, I I don't see any benefit in the dwarf runner in this instance. I think what was the other things we looked? Uh, did you take a troll slayer? Absolutely, yes. I didn't. I... I'm not. I'm not a fan in the league. Oh look, I. I just couldn't, couldn't not take one. Me and my mind, I'll block Dauntless Frenzy, fix goal. You know, give that boy yeah. tackle or mighty blow, uh, and just let him loose. For just thinking of that miniature removal system, uh, for having somebody that can, you know, push. Uh, Aggressive pieces away from you know, my cage or the screen that I'll have around my human thrower. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I see for him. And, and the fact that. that they're zero to one as well, and 
you're not falling into having that multiple frenzy on the team that you sometimes suffer from. If you've got two or three or four frenzy pieces sort of going off in different directions, you've just got one to handle. Um, a clear plan for him, so no, I'm happy to have him in the team, especially from the start. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I looked at the cost versus having the extra. So I mean, that's the other thing. I've gone, I've gone thirteen players. Um, yeah. Whereas you're on one twelve with an apothecary. Yeah, so I mean, like I'm only twenty five k off getting an apple. Um, how many rerolls did you have? Two. Hate having two. Two, yeah. two, two's a tough one on this team because like, there's so much stuff that could go wrong with all that loner and animosity everywhere uh, the blocker's not having block and having brawler instead although brawler is quite useful but you're really going to be wanting to make sure you're taking two dice blocks with them at a minimum uh, just to increase your chances of, uh, of uh, getting something out of it yeah. but yeah I think um, I think your reasoning for not taking the ogre is the same as mine. You know, bonehead as a negatory is is worse than uh, take root. Um, in my mind, um, at least for take root, it doesn't stop you from doing other things like blocking. You don't lose your tackle zones. You may be pinned into one particular place, but you're still annoying where you are because you're taking up an area of the pitch yep. and you're not moving from there. Um. And my whereas just is is just and you're and the throwing the throwing's not as good obviously as well. The other sort of you know, I'll call it a fringe thing is that with my slayer having frenzy, I am um, if if the need arises I can push players into my tree, give them something to do. Yes. Well uh that that's the, the main thing if you get if you even if you do get take root you've got uh, you've got the ability, I guess, there to push people into into that zone and take mighty blow hits on them. So yeah, there's sound reasoning. I think is, that's just through. I mean, half Halfland hopefuls. Yeah, I definitely prescribe to having at least one on the team. You know, for the one turn touchdown. But also, it's an easy fouling piece. Yeah. You know, for thirty k, am I going to foul a significantly more expensive player with that guy? Yeah, probably. Um. It depends on the depends on the setup. Would I on defense would I run a halfling instead of the human catcher? Probably. Uh minimizing the number of strength two players on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Keeping the catcher for my own drive. Um yeah, I think um ultimately I'd probably want to bump that up to two. Um and I would bin off human linemen to add other things if in longer leagues as well, but um, I think I probably would get a troll slayer at some point. I'd definitely get a blitzer if I went with my thing at some point as well. But a dwarf blitzer that is. Yep. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's all the loner on the dwarf stuff that bothers me, and that's why I was reluctant to go with the full bifter because you can't really do anything with them. No, uh, if it, something goes wrong. So even having block, like double skulls happen. Yeah, that, that's um, it. And you've only got two rerolls. Yeah, and the block, the blitzer, the dwarf blitzer, 
on a normal dwarf team. I'm carrying three rerolls. It's a three up to dodge with that player. Am I going to do that? Probably at some point. Um, would I do that on this team with Loner in the way? Would I fuck? That guy's wedged. So somebody's going to try and pin that guy at some point. Um, and you're stuck with him out of the play. So that, that's, that was my my thoughts on the, the dwarf players. Were, they're a bit, a bit of a liability with the Loner. Um, animosity to them doesn't really come into it because I'm at a pinch I might hand off to the Blitzer but again I can't re-roll the catch so or reliably re-roll the catch so I'm not uh, I'm not likely to do that yep. I think you're going to be doing most of your ball carrying with the human side of the thing and you're going to be doing any handoffs and stuff and probably your Blitz uh, with the human blitzer as well. Um, That's what I see as well. Yeah, it's a it's an annoying team. Like kind of, it's it's one of these that's like, oh yeah, there's loads of tools, there's loads of things you can do. There's this, that, and the other, and you really kind of drill into it. And you're like, yeah, that's just a trap waiting to happen. I the feeling it'll be very stop start. You'll get some momentum going, and then something will shit the bed. Somebody will fail a key animosity role, be a loner, you know, somebody will have a fail, then a loner will come into play, um, and then that will open the door for your opponent. So there's a lot of contingency management with these guys. I don't think you're going to be able to overstretch it. You can't really stretch yourself with them, because if you stretch too far and something fails, it'll, it'll collapse around you pretty quick. Yes. You know, because, yeah, you're combining a lot of different abilities here, you know, dwarfs that can block and, you know, tie up your opponents, the humans who can shuffle the ball around quite well, tree, you know, some halflings, a, a strong one-turn touchdown ability, but it's all kind of tainted by animosity and loner um, spread throughout, which which I suppose is the whole point. But yeah. after after our wee chat here, after presenting the league rosters, I um I quite like my roster even more than when I wrote it. Can, yeah, I think your roster's good. You can see it. I'm gonna enjoy that high note with you complimenting me on my roster. Because right now we're going to go and talk about tournament rosters. Right. And I think this is where shit's going to get crazy. Right. So, you should present yours first. Yeah, I've probably gone a bit safer than than you, maybe. Um, so, although um, I've I've because I've got the extra money to play with and skills to add into it, I have opened up uh, usage of other players a bit here. Uh, so I have gone with one tree man, one human blitzer, one ca human catcher, one human thrower, two dwarf blockers, five human linemen, one dwarf blitzer, one troll slayer, uh, one halfling, two rerolls, an apo, and that comes in at 1150 dead. Wow. 
Okay. What about you? I have gone for one Dreamin'. <coughs> Excuse me. Two Halfling Hopefuls. Human Thrower. Human Catcher. Human Blitzer. I've got the Dwarf Blitzer. The Troll Slayer. I've got both the Dwarf Blockers. Then I have also got four Human Linemen. He rerolls 1150 on the nose. Got 14 players, three rerolls, nothing else. They have got, actually, how many players have I got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, I've got 14 as well. Right. Um, what skills? Uh, well, I'll do, do my skills. So just to remind everybody, they're tier 2 according to the NAF uh, rule pack. And that gives them six primary and one secondary. Mm -hmm. um, I put block on the tree man. Yep. I put tackle on the human blitzer. Mm -hmm. uh, I put block on the human catcher. Leader on the human thrower. Guard on the dwarf blitzer. Mighty blow on the dwarf, uh, the troll slayer, and wrestle on a human lineman. Spicy. <clears throat> you <clears throat> probably not going to like this. <laughs> I went with tackle on the human blitzer. Yeah. Tackle on the dwarf blitzer. Mighty blow on the dwarf yeah. slayer, which leaves me four other skills. I put block on yeah. each of my linemen. So I've got four human linemen with block. Troll okay. Slayer with Mighty Blow. Dwarf Blitzer with Tackle. Human Blitzer with Tackle. I wanted a full spread of skills throughout the entire team. And I wanted a really good line of scrimmage. Yeah, so you've you've not um not you've not I've not taken made use of the second not made use of the secondary. Okay. So I mean I could probably be at peace with three block on human linemen and one wrestle. I, I genuinely actually I never and, thought uh, about wrestle and I would I would change one of those block to wrestle for sure. But I would I wouldn't take tackle on the dwarf blitzer. I think I would put guard on the dwarf blitzer. That there is an argument, I guess, for putting uh guard on the um human blitzer instead because he's got more movement. Uh but for me I think I put um um that on the dwarf blitzer because he's got better armor value mm -hmm. so he's and a thick skull so he's more likely to stay on the pitch um <coughs> so yeah i don't think i would put tackle on two players though no no i i agree on that now yeah the dwarf blitzer art I was in two minds as to whether to bother with Block of the Tree Man. But then I thought, well, he's a mighty blow piece. But then 
it's easy to get three dice blocks with a tree man with them being strength six. Uh, so I could I could be at peace with dropping the block on that guy. Uh, for me, I wanted to take leader on the human thrower to get the third reroll. Mm -hmm. Um, and with a human catcher, I I wanted a blodger, um, as the ball carrier. To be honest, I think, yeah, yeah. I thought about the blodger uh, again. I just had this arch, spread the skills throughout the entire team. Yeah, I like I say I don't dislike the the block on the front line, um, across everything. If that was I'd maybe consider tree man on the line with block and the and two linemen with block on the line as well. I just don't know. It's a weird one because the skills don't really, again, because of the amount of loner and shit everywhere, uh, animosity and stuff, like the skill package doesn't solve that problem. So you're kind of well. That's where you just got to work with what you got. Yeah. That's where the the humans with the block came into play for me. Yeah, you don't have any loner on the line of scrimmage doing any blocking. In my in my vision, um, you know, I I see the tree. Okay, the tree for sure will probably be in the line of scrimmage, but if it's if it as you said, if it's going to block, it'll be a three dice block. Yeah, yeah. And that's what. I mean, the way I was looking at it. Sorry. No, I just that's what the humans are there for. They're there to rely yeah. to reliably block on the line of scrimmage. Um, I was I was just impressed to get so many players and three rerolls for for the tournament. I don't I don't think other than. The one year when I played Goblins, I don't think I've ever had 14, 14 players before. No, getting the the number of players in, in there is impressive, you know. I think, um, I mean, I, I did toy with dropping down a player to take another, um, like a, another reroll, but then, like, with having leader on the thrower, I'm fine with that. Um... Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird team. I, I, I don't know. I just would I enjoy playing Old World Alliance? I don't think so. <laughs> um, I don't want to give it a try. I think I'll give it a shot um, at a tournament at some point. Um, I think I. I don't think I would play them in the league though. I think well, there would be other teams I would choose to play in the league first. I guess one of the great things as well, though, for the Old World Alliance is that if you're not too interested in sort of modelling one, you can hodgepodge a team together from your collection quite happily. Oh, aye, aye. It's a, it's a, it's a team that you could do stuff with. Like, if ever there was a team... Or if ever there were two teams that um, were brilliant for uh, cracking out the lead 
for the old nostalgia trips. I think uh, Old World Alliance and Chaos Renegades are the, are the ones to do it with. Because you can easily pick up um, like one of a blitzer for a dwarf team from third edition or second edition quite quite easily you know you, you've got got options or you can just raid ebay for um singles of individual positions from the gw boxes that are currently out mm-hmm. yeah so it's a weird it's a weird team though as far as teams go I'm I'm not sold. I, I prefer Chaos Renegades out of the two types of teams like this. Um I mean I've played Chaos Renegades or Chaos Pact as they were in the past. It, with with a lot of enjoyment. I but I would I would I would want to try this team out. I think that again, as I say, that's what first drew me to it was the modelling aspect of it able to get you know a sort of collection of miniatures together um, and paint them in the same uniform <coughs> so you know it's good to you know when you see one as you, you see one model from one miniature range and you, you love it but you don't need it because you know it's part of a team but then all of a sudden you can pull it in for you know an ogre or a tree or something like that so but yeah one of the Lions' potential to win a tournament, one being no chance and ten being nailed on success. What would you rate these guys as? These guys are a five at best, I think. Yeah, I would, I would nail them square in the middle as, as a five. I just don't. One thing we will do in the future, and this is for our rookie coaches, is that. We'll pick teams that we've reviewed in the past and re-review them again if we, you know, if we use them in a league or a tournament, and we we maybe have some more insights into them. Yeah. I would like to think that these guys are somebody that we'll come back to in future podcasts once we've gathered some more sort of first-hand knowledge of them. But yeah, five at the moment. I just can't see vision. Yeah, I I don't I I'm not sitting here looking at uh that team thinking that's got like tournament winner written all over it. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from anybody who has won a tournament with Old World Alliance. That would be good. And what they took. Um. So if anybody who's listening is of that ilk, uh, please let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, five for me at the moment. I think. How about stars? This this lot I've got access to. Fucked on his stars. Shall I just? Shall I go through which ones I would yeah, take? Yeah, you're always the more excited one about star players, mate. So, as far as ones I would consider taking, should the money allow, uh, Carla. Uh, yes. At uh, two twenty or whatever she is, uh, Mighty Zug, um, yes. 
at 220. In fact, Carla might be 210, actually. Yeah, Carla's 210. Mighty Zog at 220. It would depend on what teams I was playing, but both of those got uses. Um, Ivor Ericsson, or whatever his name is, uh, the budget Griff. Um, I think I would take him if I had 245k. Um, I would definitely take Griff at 280k. He's a, he would be a useful addition to this team and Morg as well. Again, a useful addition. Things I would consider taking depending on circumstances. Helmet Wolfen, uh, Thorsten, Stipe Mead, you know, the uh, Norse player that throws the beer barrel. Uh, depending on the teams I was playing, if I had 140, 170k, I'd consider those as well. Um, deep root maybe, but again, like if I'm looking at a team and I've got a choice of deep root at 280k or Griff at 280k, I'm probably taking Griff. Yep, exactly. Um, players I definitely wouldn't take, you know, like fuck, Grack and Crumbleberry, Frankenstein. Rorg, whatever his name is, the Yeti star player, Grim Iron Jaw, Rumble of Sheepskin, Barrack Farblast, and Acorn, like none of them. Acorn, maybe. If I had 80k and I was playing against a team and I thought I, I, it, was a, it was an outsider chance, I'd, I'd consider maybe taking that, but in most cases, a Bloodweiser keg's better better value but um yeah uh, it's a weird a weird list there's loads that aren't really i wouldn't take the white dwarf either um there's loads in there that um that i would take but there's loads i would even touch with a barge pool but yeah that's it i've got a good selection so ricky coaches as always if you are having adventures with uh teams that we've just we, we speak about in the rookie coaches sections and uh, the old world alliance in this case we would really love to hear from you if there's anything that we have said that you agree with that would be nice if there's things that we've said that you don't agree with that would be even better um to get that feedback so we can share it and uh maybe we can all learn a little bit from it together but as always give it a try i i quite like the idea of them yeah, and see some really frustrating games though when those uh, the failures start to roll in on your on your uh, loaners. Yeah, I. It's just, I think a clever uh, opponent can make this team tie itself in knots very easily. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if you've got players like that are expendable, are you chucking them on some players? Yes. I mean, with the uh, with the dwarf blockers, you wouldn't really want to normally put uh, like a shit piece uh, on on a dwarf blocker. They've got they've usually got block and tackle. Mm -hmm. But with armbar and uh, brawler both being less good than those two um, situationally, would I chuck a goblin on a uh, a dwarf blocker on an old world alliance team? Yes, 
because <laughs> uh, like the chance of you knocking me down are about as good as the chances of you knocking yourself down. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. I think this team could be exploit. Its weaknesses could be easily exploited by competent players. That's the way yeah. our term. So that brings us to the tail end of the podcast, mate. And yes. I guess we should probably chat about what we're going to do next time out because if, um, depending on what you're, who you are in the world, the festive season is just around the corner. So myself and Phil, um, oh shit, do we call it a Christmas special? Well, we traditionally call it the not Christmas special, but because um, it very rarely has a Christmas slant, yeah, so... it just happens to be a less. A less uh, normal podcast. Yeah. So let's let's stick with that. So you're going to get not a Christmas special the next episode, but I think myself and Phil are just going to decompress on the year, about our games, talk about our hobby, talk about things that have impacted the maybe the gaming communities where we are and what we um, our hopes and dreams are for coming year. Be nice not having COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think it's still kicking about at a level where it has a potential to chuck stuff off the, the rails. But yeah, uh, it'd be nice to not have it as a spectre hovering over us. Well, it has been nice not getting a daily update on yeah. who's how many people have died and how many people are in hospital with it. Well, yeah, I, that's, that's <coughs> definitely a thing. Um, Although you appear to be dying of it. Well, right I now. have some sort of cough, but I'm putting that down to genetic cough from children, playing with other children, childcare, schools, you know, that sort of genetic sickness. Yeah, my, my two have been off and on ill for the past couple of months. Yep. Since they went back to school after summer, uh, my oldest has uh, got a cough at the moment and uh, was off school last two days. So, yeah, it's just it just does the rounds, and everybody's immune system is so compromised after having lack of exposure to mm. things over the past couple of years that everybody's just getting everything. That's just the way it's working. Yeah, such is life. And yeah. I guess sorry, Phil, mm-hmm. off off the cuff as well. The one thing we haven't spoke about this episode, um, Europol happened. Big European team championship that's been off the calendar for a few years due to, you know, COVID that we just spoke about. Uh, That happened in Malta. So, uh, I guess, you know what, mate, this is something you talk about next time. Hey, I mean, um, fuck, who won it again? Was it Denmark? Denmark. Yes, congratulations, Denmark, uh, on winning it. Uh, congratulations to Greece and Hungary for winning the ne- uh, the next hosting rights. Uh, although the which one's coming first is still not been decided. I thought it was Hungary. Um, well, no, I, I think it's still up in the air from discussions earlier this evening. Uh, but um, yeah, I think. Uh, um, from what I could gather, it was a well-run tournament, um, which is good to hear. 
sad that I couldn't be there. I would have uh, loved but, to have gone to Malta. Yeah, Malta is a place I would have liked to have gone as well. Um, uh, from from the historic aspect of it as well, which what I was looking forward to as well. Um, you know, because all maybe we should just go to Malta ourselves. Just go to have a romantic weekend. Yeah, me and you. Lads holiday. Lads holiday, yeah. <laughs> we could uh, dance like uh, Scott Patton. Nobody, um, nobody can dance like that, mate. That was illegal. Uh, a video that we might share on the Two Guys One Dice Cup Facebook page. So Bloody hell, yeah. It's honestly one of the best bits of uh, cinema I've ever yeah. seen. Um, and um, yeah, so look, I think with that, ladies and gents, we'll sign off for this um, 32nd episode of Two Guys One Dice Cup Old World Old School and we will see you for the Not Your Christmas special next time out thanks guys, be safe Hi, bye bye motherfucker